0: Hi, y'all, Katie Parker, alcoholic, hot diggity dog, I get the floor. Uh, Well, you know, Teresa, I just love you to death. I'm telling you what, I, I will say this over and over and over again. If we need to find anything or stop a war, just send her and I over there and just take care of everything we can. You know what I mean? I mean, she and I walked down the beach together one day and I think we solved the problems of the world and neither one of us tried to stop the other one. It was fantastic. But, and Ali, I, I love you to death. I, I can't say no to you. And I love your, uh, your ideas and your passion. And this, this had originally started out as a tribute to Mark Houston. Mark would have never wanted that. And we all kind of got together and said, hey, well then let's, let's call it the treasure map. Let's call it how we got through to the big book. Well, most all the people on here or all the people on here were connected to Mark in some way. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, Uh, everybody, but Marty and I were sponsored by Mark. Uh, All the other guys were, we were just happened to be in his path. Uh, But I I like to kind of give a, oh yeah. And I was out blowing the deck off just a minute ago. Okay. Right. The hair, the whole nine yards. I'm out there going, what the heck? Why didn't I do this when I first woke up? But uh, (laughs) okay. 35 minutes. I can handle that. I got sober October 28th of 1984 my home group today is the Big Book. Uh, it's a primary purpose group uh, meeting that we have on Tuesday nights in Austin, Texas at seven thirty. Uh, we'd love for you to come by if you're ever in Austin. We're meeting again. We're getting, we're growing. We are Texas, and and uh, we're pretty open. Uh, but we also have a Big Book meeting on Wednesday nights that we decided to start a primary purpose group on Wednesday nights. And uh, maybe Charlie, you could put it in the chat. Uh, the uh, co- or the uh, Zoom number, there is no password. We're flying free there. So it's a really cool big book meeting. and um, it's talking about what the founders found necessary, why they put it in the book, why they put it there. We ask that you not share your experience, not that there's anything wrong with that. But just at this particular meeting, we'd like to take it down, down you know studying the text for the text at hand. because not everybody had an experience. My experience and Marty's experience, totally different. I totally, I was raised in an alcoholic home where the booze flowed and we partied. My dad was an ex-NFL football player and we had fun. I mean, fun, 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 fun. Sure, it started to to, go downhill, but the truth of the matter is, is everybody has a different experience. So sometimes you need to understand what the text is saying. I also like to say, my husband usually says this, I'm a little bit like taking a drink out of a fire hose. I'm a lot coming at you that is accurate. I am a lot coming at you. I got a short period of time to get a lot of stuff across. And and I also like to say that I am the vessel to help you get connected to the power. I am not the power. I don't know what car you should drive, what boy you should date, what job you should take. But I can tell you, I can get you connected to the power that you will absolutely hear what the power tells you. You know, that that's the thing about Mark. Mark, I, I, I got a new pup. Oh, through, oh the, the pandemic has done so many things that were really for the good, too. A lot of bad stuff, but for the good. And and Charlie and I, I tell Charlie I'm getting a dog, okay? I'm getting a mini Australian Shepherd. This little girl takes one shooting. It's the sweetest, kindest little thing ever. Well, obviously, that's the only mini Australian Shepherd that is chilled. I go right to the, their breeder. I go get this dog. Holy smack and molys, this baby is lit. I mean lit, and uh, she is just incredible. So when she's in the car with me, because she travels with me everywhere, she shoots with me the whole nine yards, she always steps on the god dang uh, radio button. And I happen to have a very old CD in there of Mark, and I didn't even know it. Next thing I know, Mark's voice is booming, because he always boomed. as was, Mark, now I get to drink water. I go to bed at night. I die at night. I awake in the morning. And you think, oh, Jesus, guy, it's just too lit for me. That was my first time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And when Charlie and I went to that big book meeting, let me tell you something. He was having a different experience than I was. I am the gal that self-reliance worked. I needed I left home at 15. I graduated high school, didn't learn anything, cheated my way through, moved up to Austin, got a job at the bank, stayed there for four years, got a job at a concrete company. I mean, I was the girl who could get shit done, you know, bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan. I drug a little girl through hell and back. I divorced, had a five year old kid. And she was nothing, unfortunately, but an anchor at that point. I mean, I'm telling you what you try to drink with kids and it's a problem, a big problem. And I drug her in places she had no business being. I know pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. You know, when I start, I can't stop and I can't stop starting. And we're up there, you know, and I'm I'm 17 years sober. I've been like uh, going through all kinds of stuff. My husband ended up relapsing after. Twenty-three years goes out, dies of a heroin overdose. Charlie drags me to this stupid big book weekend, and uh, there's a lot that was going on, but I'm gonna keep that in the keep that in the vault. And uh, we get up there, and I remember sitting down. And I thought, well, he is handsome. And I'll give you that. Other guy didn't do too much for me, and, and uh, it was so funny because this is how self-reliance shows up for me. The other guy said something about men sponsoring women, women sponsor men. And I'm not going to get into that. Okay. I don't, I don't care. Uh, I, I I, can't do it, but if you can do it and pull it off more power to you. And, and he said, you know, when I came in, I, I, uh, you know, women, men, men, women, when I came in, I, I wanted a, uh, a woman as a sponsor, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I will tell you every once in a while, cause I wanted to work in angling. And, and I, but I can tell you every once in a while, I have to sponsor a woman, and, you know, all, all this nonsense. And I, this is me front row. And Charlie and I have done hundreds of big book weekends. You don't raise your hand in the middle of the weekend. You, you wait till the end of the, the, the break and you go talk to them, I know. Mean, and the guy goes, yes. And I go, you just talked yourself in a big old circle. What you were doing to them, they're doing to you and you don't even see it. See that was Katie, Katie Gordon at the time. I had so much self-reliance. If not me, who? Get out of my way, I got this. And let me tell you something. There's plenty of people in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous who have so much self-reliance and they think they're working a spiritual program. I absolutely thought I was working a spiritual program. I I had no idea. So at the break, I go over to Mark because I'm having major problems with Charlie Parker. He is not doing what he should be doing. And let me tell you, he'll admit he was in the weeds. Okay, in the weeds. And so I go up to Mark and I tell Mark, he's sitting there smoking a cigarette. He's got a coal. He could pull a coal like that on a cigarette. And he's leaning up against. Well, I tell you, I know I scared the crap out of him. I know I did. I mean, I am like a little mighty mouse. And he takes a hit off that cigarette. I said, hey, I said, listen, I got my, my boyfriend's here. And this is what he's doing. here. this, this, and this. And don't tell me that's Alan. I damn sure in self reliance, it's alcoholism all over us. If everyone would do as I wish, the show would be great. Everyone, including myself, would be happy. OK, there you go. And I said, and you know, I, I need somebody to do something about this. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, 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 oh. And then he said some stupid line. And I remember thinking. Kiss my ass. Uh, What what was I even thinking? I marched back to the room. We're in a Girl Scout camp out, right? I packed my bags. Now, keep in mind, I came with Charlie. I packed my bags. There's a caliche road, which means it's like oyster shells all the way down. And it's pouring down rain. And I marched my little bag out there. And I'm thinking, what what am I going to do? I got no car. I'm going to have to walk in the rain. Good God, it's probably three miles to the main road. And Charlie goes, please come back in here. I did that walk of shame three times that weekend. That's how crazy I was. You could not tell me I was in untreated alcoholism. Mark used to say so many things that were so profound. Uh, There's something about his presence that was just remarkable. The spirit spoke through him to people of my variety, Teresa's variety, right? This variety of self will run riot though she usually doesn't think so. He, he said many of them. I loved uh, uh, the one that uh, Marty said, which by the way, Marty, it, that was a great talk. You didn't mention me at all, but that's okay. I'll mention you. Uh, Mark used to say so many things, but there was three things that really stood out to me. How do you know what you don't know? Oh my God, that, that covers so much. That just covers so much. How do you know what you don't know? Because the truth of the matter is, is you don't know that you don't know. You know, so if you're sitting here thinking that we are all a little over the top, I get it. I did, too. If you're sitting here thinking, I don't even know where to begin. I get it. I did, too. Trust the loving hand of God to guide you. There is plenty of help out there. Uh, The fellowship of the spirit is huge in this stuff. And 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 the. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the second one is this was one of my favorites because I'm such a smart ass sometimes. And he would say, somebody would say something to him, you know, and when you, you're a speaker, you get, you know, I always like to say this is the thank the speaker line. It's not to come critique the speaker line. And uh, you get somebody up there, especially being female. I'm not, I don't buy into any of that. Women are less than trust me. I, I know right where I know right where I stand, but for some reason, Charlie can get away with saying anything. And I say it and I get four guys that are going to come up and even women come up and, and take me on. It's, it's the weirdest thing. And, and, but it is what it is. It's been like that all my life. So it's getting less and less because I'm not quite so aggressive. However, I am planning a party for 65 people, 65. And I still don't have the decorations up. So right now I'm a little lit. And uh, <laughs> the second one Mark used to say is I'm not interested in an opinion on an experience you haven't had. So if you're coming up to me and I say something like, uh, uh, you know, do, are you writing any inventory? When was the last time you wrote an inventory? Well, I don't have to write inventory. Or, or you know, uh, nine months ago. Well, that's too long. You know, start, try, start writing an evening review. Start writing a piece of inventory every day. I'm not talking your, your first inventory that was, you know, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my neighbor, my teacher. Not that one. I'm talking about the ten and eleven. We're talking about why do we continue with this, right? And so, basically, uh, I always tell people, look, if, if I'm not going to argue with you, if you don't see what I'm saying and you haven't had that experience, go out and have that experience, be it good or bad, and then we can talk, you know. But don't tell me that right that that I write too much inventory if you don't write uh, enough inventory. Why in the world would we have the several pages two? Two major pages of the tenth step, if we didn't have to write inventory. Why is four through nine so deep? And then in 10, it says to continue to do four through nine. Yeah, go figure. Okay. So and 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 here we go. The book says the same thing that Mark said. You know, I'm not interested in an opinion on experience you haven't had. The book says uh prejudice, right? Let, let go of your prejudice. Prejudice is to prejudge without examination, right? It, trust me, if you don't think you're very judgmental, watch your thinking for the rest of this conference. You, this is how it works. I agree with that. I don't agree with that. I didn't like that. Oh, I like that. That's what, that's our nature. And then people will say, that's human nature. That is, I'll give you that. But we are an extreme example of self-will run riot. Do not try to make us normal. We are not normal. There are not 570 people out there meeting on Zoom talking about how to get closer to God in the way that we do it. We are abnormal and I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. And then the third one, Mark used to say, watch, turn, watch, turn, position of neutrality. And uh, oh my God, I got to tell you, I wish Mark, oh, there's, there's, I when I go, I am going to be just, I'm going to hey, Mark, over here, over here. I got about... 39 million questions after I hug you and love on you. And we talk about what it is like here. Uh, But my question is, why didn't you ever tell me that position of neutrality doesn't always feel good? I thought position of neutrality meant you felt good. Same feeling I had with spiritual awakening. I thought a spiritual awakening was a good feeling. No, that's the enlightenment. Right. The awakening is swallowing and digesting large chunks of truth about yourself, subtraction of everything, you know, and uh, uh, steps 10 and 11 are designed to keep us unblocked. But if we don't understand what the root of the problem is, right, We, we we didn't Charlie and I did. We didn't know what the root of the problem was. We worked a program based on the abstinence of alcohol. That was it. It, most people in AA do. That's okay. I think that's a part of the growing up process. To be honest with you, I've met people that, you know, thank God somebody carried me the real message out of the big book about Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank God this. Thank God this. And they're, you know, one year sober, two years sober. I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. just wait. Wait, wait till your ass falls off. Okay. Wait till like look, look what Marty's going through with his family. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what? Life is tough. Life has challenges. Lots of them. We've been in a challenge for going on almost two years. This is challenging times. You know, who can prepare for something like that? And and the truth of the matter is, is we've got to realize that the pain is the touchstone of growth. That's all Mark ever wanted to wake people up to, was not just go to church or go to the ashram and kneel and do all these things, is to get unblocked. Understand the disciplines of 10 and 11. This was our course practice and discipline oh my god I love one time Mark said to me he goes good God Katie goes you're an athlete I'm a jock we both get it Mark Mark and I when he'd come over here for the meetings I would have to be at work and of course it was the boys meeting and I get it but I always got 15 minutes on the back porch with Mark and 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 back then I was I started smoking again as a fitness professional that was lovely, and uh, Mark and I man we would light cigarette after cigarette and we knew we had about fifteen minutes and we would cram so much stuff in there and uh, and it was just remarkable. But he said you're an athlete. It says fit spiritual condition. You exercise every day. You eat good every day. You take a shit ton of vitamins and stuff, supplements, all kinds of stuff. You you get eight hours of sleep. Take that same discipline into prayer and meditation. Take it into the 10th step, Do 10 and 11, the exact same way. Revolutionized my life. Now, let me tell you, it didn't start off that way. Oh, my God, I grew and grew and grew two steps forward, one step back. That's the nature of it. It's just the nature of it. Had another major spiritual awakening in about 26 years. It was incredible. A 10 and 11 talk of Mark's that just rocked my world. Doesn't rock everybody's world. That one rocked my world. God's constantly sending you stuff. But if you're asleep, dreaming, you're awake, you're going to miss it. That's what Marty said. That's the other one that I absolutely love. None of us do this spot on, right? I, we just don't. And see, my DNA is I don't think too much of myself or too little of myself. <laughs> All I think about is myself. That's, that's it, right? I, I'm like a sieve of Katie. How is that going to, how's the weather going to affect me? How is, how is Charlie talking before me going to affect me? How is this going to affect me? How's, everything. Watch, stay awake. It's not easy to stay awake. It's much easier to drift off to sleep, right? I didn't write a piece of inventory for 15, 15 years. Uh, you know, I mean, think about this. The 10th step says to continue to take personal inventory. And when we are wrong, promptly admitted. Well, that's off the wall. Okay, that is a damage control step. I did not realize that. So I'm, first of all, thinking the 10th step is the evening review for the longest time. And hell, I would not do it anyway. Let's be real clear on that. But then I realized the 10th step is that we're supposed to continue to do this. And I'm not about to continue to do it because I really don't understand it. So I'm going through life asleep. I step on your toes, you get upset, you startle me awake. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I just really upset Billy in the meeting. And so I need to go over there and clean that up because that's the right thing to do. I've been in AA long enough. And uh, then after I do that, you know, and I usually tell him my motive, you know, I'm so sorry, I had a really bad morning this morning, I'm so sorry I yelled at you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm so glad I got in your line of fire because you had a bad morning. You know, what, what if I had a bad morning too? Yeah, that really helped me. You see what I mean? We leave our motives out of there. Bottom line is I just, I was really thoughtless and inconsiderate for what I said. And I I deeply apologize, whatever the case may be. And then I fall back asleep and I go back through life asleep. And I did not know I was doing that. I thought this was all about finding out more about Katie. So Katie could better. Katie did 10 years of group therapy, codependency group therapy. Jesus, I've done so much therapy. I could sit you down and get get you where you need to be in that area. What'd your daddy do? What'd your mommy do? What'd your older brother do? What'd your older sister do? Oh, look, 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 look. you know what I mean? But I did not realize I was doing the 10th step was damage control. So the idea of watching for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear is much different than waiting for these things to show up. So I'm Mark would say, thought life, thought life, God conscious thought life. You know, you have to watch your thought life. It took me. A, Mark was gone by the time I woke up to him even saying that. And I know he said it thousands of times and I never heard it, you know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't even go into the depth of why I just didn't hear it. You know, oh, I may not have been spiritually fit enough, whatever, whatever, whatever. I hear it now. I get it now. And so here's the deal. The 10th step is saying that we are to watch for these things when they crop up in my mind. And let me tell you something. today. This party, I got a lot going on. Lots cropping up in my mind. I cannot get my bandwidth going on. It's a. It was a. You know, we. I could, I could do column two on Charlie Parker right now if you'd like to hear it. D. Yeah, yeah. Column two. Finally decides he wants a birthday party about six days ago. Uh-huh, yeah. There you go. And the day that we're doing this event. Okay, so there. Okay, you can you can fill in column three and four. The truth of the matter is that's what we're going to do. And I have stuff I have to do. Now I have to pull up those things apart. I have to try to get these things together. And I have to try to stay in the moment. One event at a time. Very difficult task. I've been working on that discipline for a long, long time. I got one thing to do. Sweep the floors. That's it. Don't go past sweep the floors. Just look at them. If you see something you got to pick up, don't pick it up right now. That's not what you got to do. One task at a time brings everything down to right now, this given moment. Living in the moment is a very difficult thing. It requires deep discipline. So if I'm watching for resentment, dishonesty, selfishness, and fear, and when these crop up in my thinking, not my actions, we want to get away from damage control and move it into thinking. Watch your thinking. Try to get yourself disciplined into watching your thinking. We are to ask God to remove it at once. Now listen to the urgency. Uh, Talk to somebody immediately urgency, make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone, and then resolutely turn our thoughts, not our actions, to someone we could help, right? So go, go into prayer, prayer for somebody. You don't have to go, I mean, if there's somebody in the office that's struggling, you can go over there, that's great. You can't just jump up at your office and run run to the, the AA club to help somebody. You can't just call a sponsee in the middle of a workday, you know, if you're not supposed to be on the phone. So it's your thoughts, you're we're trying to get that Condensed, right? This is not an easy task. And oh my God, the 10th step has so many powerful, powerful uh, promises in it. It says every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. I can't do that on my own. I can't make myself do that. Self cannot fix self. I, I did not know that. So when you do these disciplines so intensely, like Mark did, that's why he was such a beacon. He And he wasn't a perfect man. Let's be very clear. Mark was not a perfect man. Let me tell you, I got to meet him for four years on that back porch. He, he was not a perfect man. There was a couple of times he'd say something. i go, what is the color of the sky in your world, dude? That relationship's never going to last. It's, it's built on sand. And it, we, had, we had good, fun times out there. But one of the things that is so, so important is is that this discipline requires for me to carry the vision of God will in all my activities. I have to work very, very hard in order to stay fit, to be as fit as an athlete as I've always been. I got sick a couple of weeks ago and it was I got COVID, blah, 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 blah. I lost you know, way too much weight, got down to 109 and the ego loved it. I, I watched YouTube. I know everything about the Somalian pirates. I mean, I watched the military homecoming. I, I watched court cases gone awry. And I got dark and depressed. And it was ugly, very ugly. Have not completely come out of that. And of course, I haven't. I, it took me forever to gain the weight back. I didn't want to eat at all. And uh, here I see this incredible athletic body just, just dwindling away. And of course, Charlie is Oh, well, he's not gonna let Katie do that. He's, he's gonna make Katie eat if it, he holds my nose and shoves it in. So there, we've been having some activity, but I'm getting better. And this is difficult because getting back into the disciplines after being out of it for 17 days is not easy. You know, I'm not about to do the disciplines when I've got the flu. Yeah, oh, best of luck to you. Yeah, I was praying to God, please take this away. But I'm telling you, this, this carrying the vision of God's will in all our activities, traffic lines, AA members, ex-husband, in-laws, right? That discipline is to stay in the moment. Then you've got that 11-step evening review, right? This one, I think I think the most important thing between 10 and 11 is the evening review. That's the one that most people stop. The evening review is you checking your work. And, we're, and it says constructively review it. Constructively means to dig deep. Like you're gonna constructively rebuild an engine. This is a big deal. So if you're gonna constructively review your day, get your phone out, look through who all did you talk to, look at your daily planner, who all, what all did you do? Oh man, I remember Mary at the meeting. She pissed me off bad. Oh, and that sponsor I thought, oh for God's sakes, really, really. And I mean, you know, this this is important to bring all of this with pen to paper. Does not say you have to write it. Let me tell you, it's way more effective. Those seven questions are deep. They're not just yes or no questions. Was I angry? You bet I was. who. Mark used to say, if they're on your the evening review more than three times, you need to write inventory. Well, mine, more than twice. I, I, I don't have that much bandwidth. I'm a little, little dangerous. And then we take those corrective measures. Your evening review is designed for you and God. Uh, there's an app out that you can ma- you know, send it to each other. I, I caution you on that. Because the truth of the matter is that's between you and God. It says in there, have I kept something to myself that should have been shared with someone else. So you do not share the whole thing. Now, if you wanna to get to know somebody and you say, hey, send me your evening review for one week, that's all I'm interested in. After that, it's you and God. Because you have to ask God for the corrective measure. See, I'm not gonna manage your life. you know. And then it talks about in the morning time, right? That we think about our 24 hours ahead, considering our plans. I used to listen in meetings because I wasn't about to be reading a big book. And, uh, and only because I just remember I cheated through school reading. You hand me a book. Oh, this is not going to work. You know, is it on audio? You know, and back then it was not in 84 on audio. And uh, so I'm sitting there, oh, which by the way, I was 26 when I came in. I'm 63 now. And, uh, uh, you know, none, none too early, I can tell you. But one of the things that I'd sit in meetings and hope that you'd read the book so you could tell me and people would say, morning time is for silence. Okay, let me me read that again. We think about the 24 hours ahead, considering our plans. That's thinking. Okay, if you want me to get totally silent, that is a fabulous practice. If that one is your practice, do it in your morning time. But don't, don't deviate from the directions. Because let me tell you, it's all dangerous. And then it says to help me be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. You see, I'm taking my evening review, my corrective measures into on awakening because I'm going to see, Mary, I'm going to talk to that sponsor. I'm going to be doing these things. And if I think that I can just brush them away with no problem, I like to talk about spiritual growth is like maturity. I I see I got 26 minutes. I will stop at 35. Spiritual growth is like maturity. A 20-year-old, when you're in your 20s, you're, you're bulletproof. Oh, geez, don't even get me started on the younger generation. Bulletproof, just like I was, right? And and a 20-year-old has no idea what a 40-year-old is doing, right? 40-year-old, you probably already have a couple of kids. You've maybe been married a couple of times. You may have lost a sibling. You may have lost a significant other. A lot of things can happen. And spiritual growth is the same way. You see, if you're at three years, you're right where you're supposed to be at three years. Now, keep in mind, we're hoping you get more into the book, but don't think you get to miss any of this pain. I say I say, your teenage years are your toughest. I used to say they started at 10. I think they started at seven. I think they go from seven to 20. And I think those, and at any time in there, you're going to hit walls. You're going to hit a wall between 18 months and three years. That's when the shine of alcohol wears off. And you don't realize selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of your trouble. Then you're going to hit a wall between three and five, five and seven, seven and 12, 12 and 14, 14 and 18. And, and you know what? I say, you're not working with enough people if you don't think that's true. It is. It's like raising children. Two-year-olds act like two-year-olds. Eight-year-olds act like eight-year-olds. 15-year-olds act like 15-year-olds, right? And it's not until they get way up into their 30s do you finally go, I think I like them. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and, and that's if they're doing what I want, right? If everyone would do as I wish, don't get me wrong on that one. But spiritual growth is the same thing. Pain is the touchstone of that. Writing inventory, getting unblocked is crucial. Swallowing and digesting large chunks of truth about ourselves, we have to do this process. If you've not written inventory in the last two months, I think that's too long. Now, don't write an inventory now with twenty-nine people on it. Just take one at a time. Have an experience with it. One at a time will do. And the other part of that that's so interesting is is. This, this getting unblocked is a very slow process. It says to get rid of it promptly and without regret. So don't go into an inventory with self-righteous and come out of it with self-pity. That is not good. You want to go come in with self-righteous and just see, oh my God, I did not see this. Wow, God, I'm so grateful. I know you better. That's what the fifth step tells us about. Uh, I'm going to end with this story about Mark. I was having real troubles. I was self-employed for 30 years. I was in the fitness business for 30 years and I owned a franchise. And in franchise, you have to follow guidelines. And <laughs> I don't want to say their rules because I didn't follow them. And, uh, but you got monitored every year. And every year somebody came in and graded your paper. Well, I'm dyslexic. And being dyslexic, I, I uh, always had to have cards to explain what the routine was. So I knew what to do. And, and uh, I, I just, it was, I have test phobia. So if somebody comes in with a pad and paper to grade me, I'm I'm not good. I'm not good at all. And I mean I struggled. I failed it five times. I'm the top, I'm in the top 10% of people. I'm actually in the top 10 out of 5,000 that makes the most money with the least amount of classes. And I can't pass a god dang monitoring, right? Oh Jesus. Everyone in the world knew about it in my business. It was like oh, because they surprise attacked you. So my students got to watch me crumble. And this particular manager and I had been very dear friends and we'd fallen, we'd had a falling out, shocking, I'm sure it was me, and didn't know it at the time. I could have told you it was her. And uh, Charlie says, why don't you ask Mark about this? And I "I don't want to ask Mark about this. And he, why don't you ask him? Well, I drive all the way out to his recovery center. And that's a pretty good little jaunt, you know, about 40 minutes away. And Mark came out of a business meeting. This was never lost on me. And he came right out there and stood, we stood by my car and he smoked a cigarette like nobody else can. And, and he said, you know, so you two were you two were very good friends at one time. Yeah, we were. OK, she got grandkids. Yeah, you got grandkids. Yeah, because I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to, to pray a three minutes in the morning and three minutes at night and affirm you and hers relationship and how fantastic it is. And I, I remember thinking affirm it? and Okay, whatever. And then he had to go back in. We talked, you know, this, this was probably about t- t- 12, 15 minutes. He goes back in, I get in my car and I'm driving the car. Oh, for God's sakes, that's the most ridiculous shit I have ever heard. But it's Mark Houston and I was raised in AA that you do what you're going to do, period. That's it. And sure enough, the very first morning I did it, very, three minutes is a long time. And I did it. And that evening, three minutes, very long time, couldn't repeat. You let me know that. And by the next day, I began feeling different. Well, fast forward, by day four, I'm starting to add everybody into it. I mean, I'm going into 12 minutes of it. I'm just, I'm blown away. And out of nowhere, she does not come to monitor me. Another girl comes to monitor me. And when she walked in, I looked at this girl. I'm getting goosebumps. I looked at this girl and I go, what are you doing here? And she goes, it's what's the weirdest thing. So-and-so called me and said, hey, can you go do this? And I'm like, Wow. Needless to say, I owed this woman a deep amends. I had been so ugly to her. I had said some stuff to her that was terrible. I was like the Ray Donovan of the world, man. And uh, I made more men's and untreated alcoholism than I ever did in, uh, in active uh, use. It's unbelievable. <sighs> and now that's the shiniest tool in my toolkit. I call it affirmative prayer, positive prayer. And it's the greatest gift ever. It's like two-way prayer. Uh, You know, two way prayer to God. These love letters I write to God are so fantastic. And then I just affirm every bad situation. So in the 10th step, when it says, ask God to remove it, I affirm, affirm, affirm. I don't have to believe it. I don't have to do anything uh, about it. I just have to do it. See, people go, "I, I don't believe it. I don't care. I don't believe it either but it works. Watch. It's unbelievable. Okay. I got three minutes left. I got to end with this because it's really Emmett Fox was my huge spiritual teacher. I think, I think that uh, many of us in AA, we all wear different hats. Uh, we're all students, but we're also teachers. We're, we're making everyone a teacher, but we're never not a student, you know, but we are goddamn teachers. You've got to sponsor. You've got to get out there and sponsor. That is a teacher. But I, I called my sponsor last night with a 10 step. Trust me. I am a student, uh, very much so. And Emmett Fox was my spiritual teacher. I loved him so much. Bill says, with each passing year, we increasingly realize the immense importance of an adequate presentation, presentation of the program to every prospect who is in the least inclined to listen. Many of us feel this to be our greatest obligation to him and to our future. Uh, our failure to do so, our greatest dereliction, which means screw up. The difference between a good approach and a bad one can mean life or death to those who seek help. That's what our founder, Bill Wilson, one of our co-founders, said May 1947. I always like to say we alcoholics are undisciplined. So we let God discipline us in this simple way he's outlined in the book. If you're not in the book, please get in the book. And if you are, I'll see you on the firing lines. Thanks so much for having me.